I mean, we help companies implement solutions. You guys yeah. are more developing some right. of these solutions, right. so you probably have more direct yeah. line of communication yeah. and, and uh, access to the Microsoft you know, development team than, than we can. Yeah, so I yeah. won't, I won't, I won't ask you to share anything more than we yeah, sure. right, right. But uh, at least on the podcast. Yeah. Right. And you want another drink? <laughs> Welcome to a shot at Business Central and a beer podcast. To be truthful, this month's episode should be called the Shot at Business Central bourbon and a beer podcast why because our special guest and rob shaw from two increase wanted to help us expand our drinking palettes by bringing in a hard to find bourbon for us to try so not only are you going to get the latest business central news and a beer review in this podcast we've also tried out the microsoft teams integration with business central Narav will talk about two increases business central apps and we might even throw in a bourbon review mark twain said the secret of getting ahead is getting started, so let's get started and get moving forward. Over 200,000 businesses running this. On the fat part. Or fat what did I say, flat? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if any of the operations that you're doing require the use of an outside processor or subcontract vendor, mm -hmm. that is not supported with assembly. Don't be afraid to talk to your partner. Today, we're drinking Arrogant Bastard Ale. Oh, oh, oh. I want to know why uh, Jim picked this beer with the other one. Because I really think it resembled, you know, my personality more than <laughs> anything else. Level three, Knuckles has been dispatched. <laughs> He's on his way. I think one of the benefits and detriments all at the same time is the visibility that it gave us into our actual data. Welcome to another edition of A Shot of Business Central and a Beer. Welcome back, everybody, to A Shot of Business Central and a Beer. This is episode number 19. Uh, Ken and I have a special guest this week, a man by the name of Narav Shaw. I hope I pronounced your last name right. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, going to be doing a little uh, talking about his company to increase later on the featured app segment. Um, I'm sad to say he did not bring the beer, but he did bring a special treat for his segment. Oh, yeah. So uh, Ken brought the beer. Yeah. So welcome, Ken, and welcome to Rav, and tell us a little bit about this beer. Yeah, Glad you. to be here. Uh, welcome, Rav. Thank you. Good to have you with us Thank you. Uh, today. It's always exciting when we have an special guest, yes. someone joining us. The more the merrier, yeah. right? Excellent. So we're looking forward to learning about uh, a little bit more about uh, what Two Increase is doing with Business Central. Yep. Uh, in the meantime... Looks like we've all already cracked our beers and poured them. Looks like we're ready to hit the ground running today. We are. We're drinking a Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest uh, right. in, in honor of the season here. And uh, end of October is upon us. So I thought we'd hit uh, an Oktoberfest beer. So uh, prost. Right. Yeah. Prost. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Air toast. Pretty tasty. What made you go with Sierra Nevada over something like uh, Sam Adams? Yeah, um, so I saw a few different Oktoberfests there. So one of the things, excellent question, leading me right into my, <laughs> my, uh, my research here, yeah. is um, that's one of the things that makes it's a little bit unique about the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest is that they, they, they have a different recipe, a different brew every year. 
So really? this year's Sierra wow. Nevada Oktoberfest is different than the 2019 or 2018 really? Oktoberfest. Yeah. Yeah, so they change it up like a couple of years ago. It was like a 5.8%, some, you know, different, little slightly different characteristics on it. Yeah. Uh, this year it's a 6% alcohol ABV, um, you know, 28 IBU, so not, not too bitter. Yeah. You know, it's a lager. I mean, you know, first first taste, it, it tastes like an Oktoberfest type of a beer to me, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I don't, yeah, I agree. Similar to the uh, last month, I think we had Dynamo. Mm-hmm. Right, it was a copper yep. lager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of similar to kind that. Kind of, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah what is it about Oktoberfest beers that give it that, that I guess Oktoberfest taste? I, I think I think for me it's uh, uh, it's it's getting cold and it yeah. just feels like it's a nice warm beer. <laughs> I mean, it's a cold beer, but like you're drinking a hearty beer. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and kind and of the toastiness up. and all that that's in it. I think it's a perfect time of the season to, uh, uh, have Oktoberfest here. It's a uh, it's a. Uh, it's a nice addition here in the season. It is actually toasty malts. Yeah, toasty yeah. malts and German hops kind of give it a little bit of a fresh bread and floral fruity character. Mm. Um, so it's actually specifically it's like a, a beer, an Oktoberfest beer is typically a Marzen variety lager. Um, you know, whatever makes it whatever makes it that type of variety. You know, makes it specifically. Mm-hmm. A couple interesting things I saw, like so Oktoberfest, right? A little bit of trivia. Everyone, everyone's probably heard of Oktoberfest. Yeah, of course. Big festival yeah, in yep, Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been to a bunch out here too. That's actually <laughs> mostly yeah. held in September. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. which is a little bit odd. A um, little bit of trivia. So the size, how big is this? So over two weeks. They estimate that approximately 16 million pints of beer are consumed mm. during the, the main Oktoberfest wow. event in yeah. Munich. 16 million. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you know, hence man, where the stereotype comes from, Germans like to drink beer. Well, I was just going to say, you know, that probably the, the, the minimum quantity you get is 16 ounces yeah. in a big mug. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if this has anything, if, you know, what, what or why this is, but they say that there are only six local breweries that serve beer at Oktoberfest in Munich. Mm-hmm. So Pauliner, Spaten, Hockershore, Augustiner, Hofbrau, and Lowenbrau. Oh, really? Those are the six okay. uh, so they brewers. Must, they're pumping out a they're, lot of beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. they're right. preparing months yeah. in advance. Yeah, there's a secret recipe right there Yeah, for October. Oktoberfest. Nah, I'm, I'm no beer connoisseur, but yeah. I, I don't get the, the floral and fruity character. Do you guys get that? Get a little bit of the crispiness. Maybe, yeah, no. and, and, and so the, the ratings, if you look at some of the beer ratings on this one, it's a lot of the comments said that, it said like, well, it's a pretty good beer, but it, 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 it's a little bit, you know, yeah. less strong. Yeah. It doesn't have that bold, those right. bold Tone, flavors. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a toned down. Toned down hoppy, you know, beer. Yeah. Torfus beer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah. I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not you got a beer advocate rating? Um, do uh, it was like three point eight something out of five, three point eight three I think out of five, which is pretty good. A couple of funny comments. This one one guy says it has a thick bone colored head. <laughs> <laughs> so bone color. <laughs> right? Oh my god! And then my fa- my my favorite one. Uh, it says all this stuff, like all these comments about the richness and yep. the characteristics and the flavor, and then it summarizes it with saying, 
this ain't too shabby. <laughs> <laughs> Pure detail in this yeah. ain't too shabby. A- ain't too shabby. After three beers in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good beer. I it's like it. Beer, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll see how it tastes when it warms up a little bit. It's kind of like the marker that we've, we've seen going through. Mm-hmm. Beers can taste a little bit they different. Could. Or a they lot could. different, I guess. Yeah. Once it warms yeah. up a little yep. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes better, sometimes worse. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you never know what yeah. you're going to get. Yeah. So, Michael, what do we have on tap for for today? So, we've got the usual shot of Business Central with a bunch of news. Uh, well, not not a bunch of news, but just some, some new news. Ken's going to go over some of the 2020 Release Wave 2 features. Then after that, we are going to do the Featured App segment with Narav for 2 Increase. Um, and then once we're done with that, we're going to talk about a highly anticipated feature the Microsoft Teams integration with Business Central. So everybody stay tuned and we'll see what happens. Back for the Shot of Business Central segment. Um, I'd say there's a good amount of news and you know, good amount of updates, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, the re- release wave two updates have been rolling out all month and I think that if you schedule them, they have to be done by either the middle of December or end of December, somewhere around there. Um, yep, we're seeing uh, the live production environments getting updated around the very last few days of uh, October here. Mm-hmm. So, so, so. Nice. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about all the release wave two features later in this segment. So to move on, AppSource now has over one thousand apps. They broke the thousand app mark. Yeah. So, Big milestone. Yeah. Huge milestone. Still no feature uh, option, but <laughs> big milestone. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what's new. <laughs> uh, Ken attended BC UG. Want to tell us a little bit about that, Ken? Yeah, so uh, the Business Central User Group uh, Summit uh, conference uh, was held last week. Uh, it was a vir- fully virtual event. Um, they, you know, did the general session. Um, they did the normal sessions on hundreds of different sessions across all the Dynamics uh, products uh, for Business Central. Um, I, I did a session on um, building Power BI reports within Business Central and how to how to set up a data set and a data source and everything. Um, my session over fifty attendees uh, were in my session, so I was kind of surprised to be honest with you. Um, normally when you're physically on site, you know, you've got this room, uh, and normally I would say it's anywhere from about that, you know, 40, 50 people on a good session, you know, where the room's mostly full. Um, and, and so I, I was, I was surprised to be honest with you that that many people were diligent enough and disciplined enough to, to, uh, attend, yeah. attend those and, sessions. And out of the hundreds of sessions, Ken's session was in the top 10 for most attended. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Nice yeah, job. Yeah, Very yeah. great job. Yeah, Pat yourself yeah. on the back there. Yeah. Or take so, another swing. So it, it was pretty good. <laughs> you know, one of the big news uh, pieces that uh, was interesting is they're, they're releasing, the dynamic community is releasing this new um, platform, I guess you'd call it, uh, called the Decision Accelerator uh, platform or whatever. And uh, so I think it's, it's, a, it's a, a big, whether you're an end user uh, of a Dynamics product like Business Central, or you're a partner, um, it, it's exciting. There's, there's, it's basically like a platform where you can subscribe to, to receiving information about different products. So I can say, you know what, 
I'm Ken. I'm interested in Business Central, Power BI, manufacturing, and um, credit and collections, or, or whatever. Different software topics or business application topics or industries. And then when I log in, I have a news feed which shows me information, articles, videos, and content uh, that has to do with those specific things that I'm interested in. So it's kind of tailoring a different uh, view for mm -hmm. each person based on their exact role, what industry they're in. Um, you know, the, so I think it's a positive. Um, it's a I, maybe a negative for some partners mm -hmm. um, because there's an additional uh, hefty fee that goes along with, uh, you know, if you want your your brand, your company logo, and your uh, products or whatever it is to be your included articles, yeah. mm -hmm. in that platform, uh, there's a significantly higher annual cost now to participate in that than, wow. than what what we've been used to yeah. in terms of being a uh, a partner that's a member and a sponsor. So so if you if you're a partner. Do you sit back and have to deliberate if we if we subscribe to this with with this cost? Are we going to still get? Do we get more of a benefit from this than actually attending the actual conference? Are a lot of people not going to attend the conference because they still have a way to to push their brand and their information now with this new platform? Well, I, I think that's that's a good question, yeah. right? Yeah. So if I if I have marketing dollars, yeah. right, and I know I can twelve months a year All communicate with yeah. with interested parties. And, and give them content, push content through there to them, right? What is is there less value in an yeah. on, on, on-site? Um, I think that's yet to be determined, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? We'll see we're in the midst of a pandemic right now, so I think no one's interested in going, uh, traveling to conferences maybe. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe in a year or two, people are gonna have all this pent up uh, energy to wanna go to these events. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think from the Dynamics community standpoint, it's a pretty good idea. Obviously, it's revenue generating for them. Yeah. But for a partner, it's another way to get your information in front of these people that are actually on Navog right. that might need your services or whatnot. Because mm -hmm. right. right now, I mean, it's just, you know, they look at a form or whatever, and hey, this this version might sound smart. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll contact them and see what's going right. on. But, right. You know, so yeah. I, I like the idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. And one, one more way that, that people can digitally reach out to others with relevant content for them, yep. right? I, you can't argue yeah. that that's a bad idea. Not at all. So, uh, Ken, tell us once more. Do you like virtual sessions or no? <laughs> virtual <laughs> sessions. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if I have to, if I have to speak at a virtual session, I'm happy to speak at a virtual session. Uh, but if I had the choice, I'd much rather be in person. Uh, I personally, I, it's just difficult for me to focus if, if I'm working um, all day, right? To sit and, and sit through an hour and a half general session, mm -hmm. maybe go get a cup of coffee or go to the bathroom and then, and then come back and be disciplined enough to sit down for that next yeah. session, mm -hmm. you know, to start. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with that. I get distracted yeah. and when, you're, when I'm physically there, Obviously, it's much easier, right? Yeah. yeah. What uh, What about you, Naraf? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, you know, rather be at the conference than than, than at home. Uh, you know, you have usually I, I work in the multi monitor system in my office, yeah. so I'll have email continuously going on one side, and I have a conference a video going on one side, and unfortunately, my attention is not where it should be on, right. on the video screen. So uh, no, I agree with Ken. 
you know, for sure, a lot more valuable when you're when you're at the conference itself. See, I, I'm the black sheep, I guess. I'm like on the fence, right? I like the ability to be able to not have to rush by taking notes or, or taking pictures of what somebody <laughs> posts on the board. You know what I mean with your phone? Yeah. You know, I, I like having more time to actually pay attention to my notes. But I do miss the interactions. I mean, that's that's also a great. I go there for the free phone. giveaways. I yeah, more like fifty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, this, this may be, uh, you know, I'm right, wrong, or indifferent, but I, I, I think like, okay, well, if I want to learn, um, yeah, I don't, like the session I did, uh, how, how does Power BI work within Business Central, right? Uh, there's, if I, there's other places I can go yeah. anytime to, to, to learn about that. Yep. I can go pull up YouTube, right. probably find some videos and that yeah. are going to give me some content, sure. right? So it's almost like, always on demand I can go look at these things um, so I, I don't know yeah. that's I think in the past too they've been pretty bad at yeah. recording the sessions and, and posting them for people to see after the uh, the conference or whatnot yeah. I think that would help out a lot with, with some people yeah. too well that's a good question yeah it's, it's, it's really nice when you're able to talk to somebody in a similar industry or a different industry using the same product and see how they're applying the system yeah. and you know the different ways of application of yeah. the functionality is very beneficial. Yeah. I think that type of interaction really comes core on an yeah. on-site conference. Right, yeah, and that happens because you and I walk in, yeah. we don't know each other, we yeah. sit down next to each other, yeah. five minutes before the session starts, yep. strike up a conversation yeah. and find yeah. out you know, what we have in common. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, that, that exactly. element isn't really there right. on the, on the yeah. virtual. So you guys are saying chat room conversations aren't up to par with speaking conversations? <laughs> 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 Who would have thought? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I could talk faster than I could type. <laughs> the next generation. Kids, oh, I was yeah. say, kids yeah. these days might not feel that yeah. way. They're going oh, yeah. all virtual conferences in 40, 50 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But, all right, moving right along. I still do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Microsoft has some new information on maintaining apps and per-tenant extensions for Business Central. Um, so to start out with, they are providing resources to help app publishers stay current with their update responsibilities. Just because, I mean, this is a good thing because who hasn't had issues with installing apps and Business Central upgrades and, yeah. and, and, and all that stuff, you know what I mean? I like the way you phrase that. Microsoft is releasing tools to help partners or, I, or app developers stay current yeah. on their products. Yeah. <laughs> I would how yeah. I would have introduced that topic yeah. is Microsoft is putting policies in place <laughs> that you have to follow to ensure yeah. that force partners yeah. and, and app developers to keep their products products current. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah, because yeah. they don't they don't want to have to keep supporting yep. these old versions mm -hmm. of Business Central Online right. because the apps aren't compatible with yeah. the new version. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Well, they'll just pull your app. So is it? Is yeah. It, <laughs> is it the carrot or the stick? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But, uh, well, you know, with that, though, I noticed that they're doing a couple nice things, supposedly, I guess you want to, they're providing resources, and some of these resources are like release plans, which they already do, access to pre-release bits, um, information about what will be uh, deprecated, policy definition of terms, training and coaching, and, you know, and some other things like service notifications. So... They're giving you some sort of resources to help you, but... Correct. Absolutely. And I, sure. to, to your point, I, yep. they have done that. I think they're now formally doing that mm -hmm. uh, so that people are aware and saying, this is, this is what's there. And then now they've added some time limits or durations mm -hmm. on 
at what point are they just going to cut your app out yep. of the system? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. After, yeah. and I think it's like 180 days yeah, or, right. or something after the release. Right. right? It's a, it's as a long should. period yeah. of time. As they yeah. should. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, if you want to, you want you know, you want to work with Microsoft. You want to put your app out there. Yep. At least they have right. the date a little bit. Now, what's, now, just to be clear, what's already been there is, so let's say my, let's say version 16.5 is out today, and 17 or 2020 Wave 2 is coming out in a couple days or today. Um, if, that, if that deployment fails, you already can set up people to get notifications mm -hmm. that tells you that that upgrade deployment failed, mm -hmm. and here's why it failed. Mm -hmm. that's, that's all already there. Yeah. We occasionally have to deal with that, and then we have our support team or developers go in. They identify what change has to be made. Sometimes it's that an app has to be updated to a newer version. Yeah. Sometimes right. it's some sort of piece of code that no longer is supported. Yep. Uh, could be one of those things. Mm -hmm. But you, you make the change, and then it, it automatically reschedules the update mm -hmm. to try again yep. the next day or a couple days later. Whenever. And then it runs, and you get a notification that it was done. So it's a relatively simple process, mm -hmm. but but I think there are, you know, some people out there that aren't being diligent about keeping their apps up to date, or maybe they're no longer around, yeah. or supporting that yeah. app at yeah. all. Mm -hmm. um, I will so say I noticed when we first started doing the podcast, we were trying out a lot of different apps, and a lot of the apps weren't updated and didn't work with the current version oh, of Business yeah. Central. Right. So right. there was right. there was a lot of right. issues, right. but lately, right. plus there's so many apps now. So I don't I haven't seen too many that yeah. that aren't working. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we did. I did have one to get to 17, and in, in in my in one environment I have that um, I had to update one of the apps that was in there. Once mm -hmm. I updated the app to the new version, then then the next yeah. day it, yeah. it updated, updated it successfully. Good. Yep. Right. Nice. So definitely making some strides. All right, Ken. Tell us about the 2020 Wave 2 features. All right, so as we just discussed, we, uh, 2020 Wave 2 is being deployed um, right around the last couple days of October. October 30th is, I think, when they said, uh, yeah. we, we noticed at least one environment I'm aware of was on the 29th. Yeah. Um, so, so right around the end of October, they're coming in right at the, quote, October deadline of getting it deployed <laughs> right into all these environments. Now, there are 76 total new features and changes that are part of this. Microsoft has classified into them in them into about 9 or 10 different categories. I've taken the liberty to simplify that into 3 categories for today. So, we're going to go through some administration tools that are available and how you administer your environments. Then we're gonna talk about new features, and, and we're not gonna hit them all, but just a couple of the key ones that people should be aware of. And then thirdly, we'll talk about service and the performance. So, right. so, the, so how does it run, how quickly, uh, and so on. So the first thing I wanna touch on though is that um, although 2020 Wave 2 is deploying at the end of October, not all features are gonna be deployed uh, right away. So there's, there are about five that are gonna be coming out in November. Um, and some of those are um, that notifications to users of high-risk changes to selected setup fields. So if you want to know when someone has changed your um, adjust cost setting on inventory setup, for example, 
you can now set this up and it'll notify you that someone has changed this field on this setup table. Mm -hmm. So nice that's coming out uh, in November, as well as uh, enhanced email capabilities. This is another big one. It allows things like, it improves how you deliver emails through Business Central, including using like a user's local uh, email client mm -hmm. or account. December 2020 is uh, the biggest one is probably the integration between Business Central and Microsoft Teams. So yeah. that also is not coming out October. That'll be December. And we're going to talk more about that in mm -hmm. our special uh, feature segment later. February um, is the major one that's coming out in February is going to be the ability to restore your Business Central environment back to any point in time within the last 30 days. Uh, so that, that's, that's coming out in February, as well as some bank rec improvements. All right, so what's coming out in October? So from an administration standpoint, the, the key thing is, that, so is, first of all, to get to the admin center in Business Central, there's now a new security role in CSP. So before, to get into the admin center, you had to be a global admin for your company. They've now created a new role called Dynamics Admin. We can assign that as to, to multiple users, and that gives them access to the Business Central Admin Center. It's right. good, good thinking. Right. Now, once you're in the Admin Center, you now have visibility to the capacity of your environment. How many, uh, how many production environments you have available, how many sandboxes, and, and how much data, how much database storage and file capacity uh, do you have available to you? Because there is a, a limit now, 80 gig, mm -hmm. Database yep. space, and then you just purchase additional space, space. right? So uh, those, are, and then there's operations changes where it'll keep track of when you rename an environment or restore an environment or update your apps. Um, so those are those are some of the admin features mm -hmm. uh, that are available. So I don't know, have you gone in Not, and done anything with those? No, I, you know what? I, I've been meaning to look to see if I can see the database and storage capacity and, and whatnot, but I have not. Um, just quick questions. Anybody know how much it costs to add database if you need it? I don't know off the top of my head. I think I it's, it's pretty pricey, forty dollars per gig or something like that. That may be correct. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. It's it's not super cheap. Right. Although you know, Microsoft is doing a bunch of things to minimize the database. They mm -hmm. auto compress the database. Right. Um, the, the the attachments are not stored in the database. They count that as separate storage. Um, so to get to 80 gig of data in your database, um, I, I, we definitely have companies that customers that have, have more than that mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. But the vast majority do not right. have 80 gig right. of data in their database. Right. So I think most people, that's not a concern mm -hmm. uh, for them. Yeah. Lots of good features so far for the yeah. admin part. So that's admin. Um, so when we get to the <coughs> new features, so as a, as a user, you know, what are some of the things that are, that are available out there? The first and most important new feature is a feature called feature management. <laughs> did, did I say feature enough? Uh, so, so, so there's actually a page when you log into Business Central, you search for feature management. Mm -hmm. and, and what this is, it's a new page that they've created that, that you can see, so when Microsoft comes out with a new release, they don't automatically just enable all these new features on you. Mm -hmm. Many of those new features, you have to go into this feature management page 
and, and, and actually enable it. And there's a warning on some of them that says, hey, once you enable this feature, it's enabled. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no una- unenabling yeah. it or yeah. disabling yeah. it. Yeah. Now, can you do this company wide or is it just user wide or per user? It's company wide. It's company wide. So yeah. there's a new feature called um, I don't know. Um, navigate the navigate. <laughs> whatever it is, uh, that once you turn it on, it, it's global. It, it's like now sometimes you can try it. There's a couple of them that say try me, you know, where you can mm-hmm. yeah. try it and test it out and see, but. Um, so that that's the first thing. So when so when 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 you log in on, in November and you don't see some of these features, and you're like, what what's going on? Yeah. Well, that's why you may have to go into this feature management page and actually enable that feature. Now, what you may want to do is first create a copy of your production environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To create a sandbox, and then go into the sandbox and enable right. the feature, so that you can test it first. To make sure it works and it doesn't impact anything uh, negatively, right? Nice. Uh, we talked about some enhanced emailing uh, capabilities and emailing features. Uh, there's also some now new financial journal background checks. Uh, so some general journal related functions. So there's a new fact box that shows up on the page. So as you're keying in a journal entry, it shows you over in the fact box if you're if you have any errors that are gonna happen when you hit that post button. Like maybe your entry's out of balance, mm-hmm. um, or your posting date is invalid. You actually can awesome. see it now, yep. right there on the fact box. Uh, and that's one of those features that you have to, have to enable. Um, and also the ability to reverse posted general journals. So you can actually open a new page called Posted General Journals. And it's a list of all the journal entries that have been posted. You can click on a line, and say reverse this entry or reverse the whole register mm-hmm. all at once. So Big some one. new tools to make yeah. it easier on that. Um, and then I think one of the new features that's maybe not as, as noticeable to users, but from a reporting standpoint and analysis standpoint, this is huge. They've added four new fields to every table in the database. Those four fields are created by and created on. So it shows you the user who created that record and when they created it, the system date. And then also last modified on and last modified by. So we get this question all the time from people, from customers saying, hey, how do I know who created this sales order? Mm-hmm. The answer is you don't know. Yeah. Unless, someone, unless you have a field you've added right. to track that, right? Now we know. We know every record without having to enable the change log, which is something that you could also do. Mm -hmm. Um, But these are just now standard fields that have been added to every record uh, in the database. So from a reporting and auditability standpoint, I think it's it's a huge feature. That's great, yeah. So did I miss anything? No, it looks like you got it Any features that you guys are aware of? No, okay. All right, so let's wrap it up here with some, some performance issues. Um, so these are things that I think people you know, may take for granted or, or, or you don't mm-hmm. realize it until right. it's a problem. Yeah. Um, but, but it's important because it's important to realize that it's almost like equal focus mm-hmm. on the features as the performance. 
right, uh, from Microsoft's perspective. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is they've improved the, the performance of launching any page. And, and so what they're doing now is when you open up a page, it first updates the main content section, the main section of the page. So for the customer list, first it, it, it refreshes the, the main the list of customers. Then it starts refreshing the fact boxes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What this means is that users can, as soon as that main section comes up, they can act on it. Mm -hmm. They don't have to wait for fact boxes to refresh or right. other yep. parts to the page yep. to refresh. Um, a little one, I've had a few users mention this to me. So let's say you want to run a report and you want to, let's say you want to run your inventory valuation report as of um, September 30th. So you open up the report, you set your date parameter, you, you preview the report. And now you want to run it again as of August 31st. Well, today you have to go refine that report again off the menu mm -hmm. and reopen the report, report request page and reset your date parameters. Yep. This is a little change, but they they now keep that report re the request page open, mm -hmm. so you can open multiple previews of the same report at the same time yeah, yeah. using different parameters. Different parameters yeah. And it seems like a little a little issue, <coughs> but when you're some an accountant oh, or yeah. someone who's trying it's to issue, yeah. do month end reconciliation, yeah. that's a little thing that saves you multiple. Uh, steps, yep, you know, yep, multiple yep. clicks and, yep. and um, yep. keyboard strokes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's kind of a minor one, but I threw that one in there just because, uh, you know, mm -hmm. from a user satisfaction that we've had a couple yeah. people yeah. You know, ask yeah. about that. Uh, uh, probably a, a more significant one to do with reports is um, people may not know this, but behind the scenes, Microsoft keeps a replica copy of every Business Central database. Mm -hmm. And so what they've done is they've taken a list of about 25 to 30 reports uh, and, and they've, they've added a property so that when you run these reports, it actually runs it off of the replica database. So what that does is it improves the performance not only for that report, because you're running it off of a different database, but it also improves the performance for all the other users because you're not hogging all that bandwidth right. running that report. Right. right. So things like inventory valuation reports, accounts payable, aged accounts payable, aged accounts receivable, trial balance, um, some of those are the reports that they've uh, added that to. Um, and then uh, as a developer, you can actually go in and you can change a property on a standard report, or you can build a new report that uses the replica database. And again, it's all to improve performance yeah. for, every, for all right. users. So that kind of brings me into a quick stump Ken question. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> these database replicas, are, can they be saved? Are they saved globally anywhere that Microsoft chooses? Or are they saved only within a certain geographical region? To only within a certain geographical region. Nice. Okay, it's like <laughs> nine for ten. <laughs> well, that's easy like because that's easy yeah. because I know there are geographical regions oh. that uh, require that the data be maintained within that region. Within that region, right? yeah. Mainly, yeah. mainly in Europe, um, yeah. there's some some countries that have specific rules and guidelines about where the data is stored. Mm -hmm. um, so that was easy. That was easy, Michael. 
I'm like fly. I've reserved my stump question fly. for Nerav during our uh, special segment, so we can look Get forward ready, to that. Get ready. <laughs> I've got one more, uh, may, one more uh, kind of performance-related thing to go through, and then I think it might wrap up, uh, wrap this up. But and that is uh, there's a there's a new function called data retention policies. So. Because there's a limit on this, on the, not a limit, but there's a, a minimum, uh, a default sizing of the database environment. There are certain log tables in the database that can quickly chew up space if you're not careful. Uh, one example of that is change log entries. So if you turn on change log entries and say, I want to track every change to every field on the customer, vendor, and item table, right? You're going to maybe write a ton of data out to, out to that table. Mm -hmm. So these data retention policies allow you to set a time period that says, I only want to reserve or, or maintain my change log entries for three months, let's say, or six months. And then there's processes that will then run and auto purge mm -hmm. all those entries. Mm -hmm. And there's, a, there's about a half dozen of these log type tables that are available for you to go in and, and, and set these retention policies on. Right. So it's not just any table in the database. Right. It's, it's specific uh, tables. But, um, but these are things, again, Microsoft's looking at the, the overall performance of Business Central, making it as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and I see that continuing Which, for the foreseeable future. They're going to continue to make sure that, that even the largest of the existing maybe NAV databases that are out there yep. are going to be able to run uh, on Business Central online. Yeah. And they should. I mean, yeah. you know, it's obviously a cloud world and it's going to be cloud first going yeah. forward. Right. Yeah. Performance is going to be key. Absolutely. You know, who yeah, wants absolutely. to have loading times that just take forever? I mean, yeah. if you want people to stay on the cloud platform, yeah. better work just as Christmas is yeah. on premise. So. Yep. The other, oh, one other little little tidbit is uh, there's a uh, the, the partner conference. We may have talked about this last month, but the, but the Business Central partner conference. Oh is uh, currently scheduled for April out in San Diego, California. I'm not sure if there's an EMEA conference also. Yeah, there, yeah. there probably is. Nirav, you're? Yes, there's an EMEA conference coming up. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, so this one's, yeah, the, the US or North American uh, Directions Conference is scheduled for April, late April, uh, San Diego. Um, I've got my fingers crossed that I will be in San Diego in late April 2021. If you had to put a number on it, a percentage, would you say 10% chance you're going to make San Diego with what's going on? Yeah. I, I got it. I got it. Uh, 51%. 51%? 51% oh. confident I'm going to be in San Diego. It's optimistic. I think I'd put it at about 20 well, you're not invited oh. then. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, crazy. All right. So that All covers right. everything, right? Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to learning more yeah. about uh, two increase here in a minute yeah. and uh, grilling Rav on yeah. some uh, some uh, stump Rav questions. No, uh, yeah. no grilling, though, until we get the special treat that he brought. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then you can be mean after that. Very good point. <laughs> All right, everybody. Sounds good. Stay tuned. Back for the featured app segment, and uh, 
Today, as we mentioned earlier, we've got Narav Shah from Two Increase, and he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, Two Increase. We're going to ask him some questions yeah. and, and whatnot. So, yeah. Narav also has a background in the NAV and Business Central as mm -hmm. well. So, Narav, yeah. tell us a little bit yeah, about we, yourself. We've been, we've yeah. been, uh, well, if you might, sorry. Jump, jump in. Jump in. Yeah. You know, we, uh, you know, full disclosure, we know Rob, Narav for a while. We've yeah. worked with him for years. Right. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, very, very, you know, uh, aware of features and functionality yeah. within Dynamics NAV uh, and, and now Business Central. Mm -hmm. So we're excited to have him here. And uh, I gotta just say, this is now uh, we have to, may have to rename the podcast. <laughs> rename the podcast to, from a shot of Business Central and a beer oh. to a shot of Business Central and bourbon <laughs> and a beer. That's right. That's right. So special treat. Uh, welcome, Narav. Yeah. Thank you. Thank What'd you, you bring in, me. buddy? So I brought in a Weller. So this is from uh, the Buffalo Trace Distillery. They have uh, this this bourbon called Weller, and okay. it's actually uh, a similar mash of um, Pappies. Have you heard of Pappies? Sure. So very similar. Pappy Van Winkle. Pappy Van Winkle. Pappy Absolutely Van Winkle. very hard to find bourbon. So I bought that in for, for you guys here to taste. You know, nice. it's winter time, so the weather's getting cold. Um, so this is a weeded bourbon. Okay. Right? So weeded means it has to be at least 51% corn. Wow. To it. be bourbon. To be bourbon. It has exactly. to be 51% corn. corn. Yep. And then on top of that, it has to be aged in actually new charged, charred barrels. Oh. So it has to be new, right? So the, the difference they, in whiskey, they'll reuse barrels from other spirits and age their spirit oh. in there to make the whiskey in bourbon it has to be charged charred and new barrels ah, okay and so maybe like a yep. canadian whiskey yeah like uh canadian club or seagrams or something exactly. those they might could, use uh used they, they could be used bourbon barrels basically Got and it. charred barrels and they'll use it to make whiskey nice. so here's a, here's an interesting thing right so all bourbon is whiskey but not all whiskey is bourbon yes Heard of that before, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I, the question you asked hey, me. Right, yeah. here, here, here's, and, and I got a stump question here. Here's one for you. Here's one right back uh, at you. All right, all right. I, although I, you just you gave us the answer. I did give the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to ask you: Is is all are are all pilsners loggers, or are all loggers pilsners? Um, I think all. Pilsners are lagers. Yes, is very that good. All right. <laughs> Pilsner is a type of lager. Okay, that's yep. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So thank you for making it easy on us and not challenging us <laughs> with no bourbon problem. versus whiskey. Yeah, no problem. So this is actually a very smooth bourbon. Um, you probably tried those on, you know, the the, the usual suspects, right, uh, from bourbon to, um, standpoint. But this is actually a special one because um, it's actually harder to find. Uh, this bourbon, it's on the lower end of the price scale, but yeah. when it comes in stock in Binnies or anything like that, it kind of goes right away. Within like 24 hours, the batch is gone. So uh, this is the Weller Special Reserve uh, Weeded Bourbon. Now I understand that at, at Binnies, which Binnies. is where Michael and I go and yeah. pick up our beer usually. Regulars. Yeah, huge, huge uh, <laughs> uh, you know, selection there. Yeah. I understand at Binnies that they have mailing lists, actually email yeah. lists. Mm -hmm. Where for their best customers, yeah. they'll set they'll let them know when they've got a case or two 
of a select bourbon in. Right. Are you on the email I'm list? I'm not on that list. Nope. Not yet. I'm not on that list. No. <laughs> yes. okay. I have their number on speed dial, though, so I'll call them when I know when they're getting a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I know. coming in. Yeah. Part of, part of the morning routine. <laughs> yeah. So now yeah. you have something yeah. to shoot for, right? Yeah, I do. How do yeah. you get on that How list? How do you get on that right? list? Yeah. 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 So, so, sounds pretty VIP ish, so I might have to. Uh, Start buying more bottles from from Benny's, but uh, this is actually one of my favorite bourbons, and uh, wanted you guys to try it. Yeah, no. So now, full it. disclosure, we're we're not drinking it neat. And no, yeah. It's supposed to be drunk. Yeah, it's supposed right? to be drinking. Yeah, 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 you know, but, yeah. That's fine. Get chastised. For I got that. nothing <laughs> on my chest. <laughs> but it is good. It is good. I I, I only recently started drinking bourbon more. Yeah, and, uh, appreciating it. Yeah. A little bit more, mm-hmm. um, but no, this is this is very good. Yeah, very excellent. smooth. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys like it. Yeah, thank you for bringing it in and yeah, expanding definitely. our horizons. Here. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. we welcome yeah. all types. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I've been in the Nav Channel Business Center Channel since about 2012, implementing NAV, uh, working with uh, Ken and Michael at Solution Systems for many, many years. Um, I've switched over recently to the ISV side, working with Two Increase. Um, Two Increase actually is a pure, pure play ISV in the Microsoft market. They make add-on solutions for all Microsoft, basically the the Microsoft platforms, which is uh, AX, FNO. Um, NAV, NAV, and Business Central. So we have solutions, uh, product okay. portfolio around both of those platforms. And we've been doing it about you know the last 20 years or so. So um, our, our solutions are implemented all over the world. We're a true global ISV. Um, customers in 45 countries and about you know 2,500 customers worldwide. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. Been around long. I remember years ago, mm-hmm. um, back when people still printed out like paper documents and things um a catalog a two increase uh add-on catalog for for dynamics nav it's like a hundred pages thick i mean it was there there was a lot a lot of add-ons yeah uh, yeah we we we, we still have many of those around today we've scaled back a little bit in terms of what we bring to market but a lot of them are supported internally for the customers that do have them um, and uh, you know, there's always ideas that, that that you know we want to bring back certain certain products and stuff like that. But you know, this is this is a space uh, that we know really well, the dynamic space, both on the F and O and the um, business central side. Yep. So what what's your role? Yeah. So at, I to increase. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent question. So I'm basically in charge of. Um, Pre-selling uh, as a solution architect, uh, our industrial equipment manufacturing solution uh, in the U.S. and Canada markets. So we have, uh, you know, we sell globally. We have, you know, people located strategically. Uh, the vertical that I, I I manage is our industrial equipment manufacturing. That's a number of different solutions within it. Uh, so I like to kind of call that our advanced jobs management suite uh, okay. in itself. So it, there's um, uh, we have advanced jobs management that extends the standard jobs functionality in Business Central. Um, and within that core product itself, there's a lot of other modules that connect to that, such as uh, a module that we call manufacturing integration, which is very popular uh, for those those true make-to-order, engineer-order, configure-to-order manufacturers that ha- need the full manufacturing capabilities and also need that, that full costing and uh, forecasting and planning abilities from the job to manufacturing, tightly integrated. Um, we, we provide that bridge in Business Central within jobs and in manufacturing. We also do on the other side, on the service, we have a service integration platform that integrates directly back into jobs as well. Um, and resource management, you know, kind of like a time clock entry system 
system directly uh, back into jobs. So uh, really it's a one-stop place for any of your job functionality that you need. So, you know, Business Central, although it has jobs, it has manufacturing, it has service, they're kind of in their own silos mm -hmm. uh, in a sense. And what we do is kind of bring it all together for like a, a pure project manager or anybody in management uh, or different players in the organization that, that look at jobs and need access to the job to see different aspects of what's happening. They can see it all within the job at one time. And that's where we make it really easy for the end user, really, really intuitive, kind of go to one place, could, you know, you have your own planning engine called the jobs planning engine to plan all your job items, look at all your manufacturing costs coming in real time, look at your outstanding manufacturing costs that you expect to get in, um, you know, do budget to actuals to any open purchase orders, see what you've already received in. And then also on a, a whip recognition standpoint side, you know, when you look at, you know, what you're actually recognizing, not only do we have the ability to run whip on the standard, you have your usual suspects, right? You have your percentage completion, you have your completed contract uh, that actually are going against the budget. But we have taken that functionality one step further and we could actually do that against a forecast. So you could manipulate, kind of look at, you know, what am I forecasting to come up here in the next quarter or next month before I run WIP and look at, you know, look at the cost accumulated against that forecast and run your WIP process So, so kind of fair to say what, you, what you've done is, you know, you're taking the, the standard business central processes, yep. manufacturing or jobs or service, right. and you're adding uh, a layer, yep. uh, so to speak, mm -hmm. of adva more advanced functionality and integration yeah. between them all exactly. to provide a, a more... Uh, a clear picture, of, clear picture. Uh, of exactly what's happening, because uh, these jobs are full-scale jobs, right? Uh, you're, a lot of different uh, activity happens within the job, you know, from a yeah. cost-driving perspective, engineering. What are some you know, examples of, of customers? Like, what, what types of industries or customers would get the best value out of this? Yeah, so really true make-to-order, um, you know, engineer-to-order, engineer, you know, precise engineering. We're, you know, maybe, you know, where they're making custom components for customers. Uh, okay. So aer aerospace is, is a very good, you know, uh, a perfect fit, right? And then you could have uh, an IEM, uh, industrial equipment manufacturer, people like John Deere, you have Caterpillar, these different okay. type of companies. Um, you could have uh, um, you know, automotive. We have some customers on the automotive side as well. Um, we have um, um, uh, on airplanes, those Wi-Fi units on airplanes, those, that, those are our customers as well. So um, really anywhere across the board, if you need the ability to manufacture, do project accounting, uh, project manufacturing within Business Central, you know, we provide that one-stop that one uh, you know, solution for that. Pretty nice. Now, mm -hmm. your solutions, are they offered on AppSource or? Yeah, absolutely. So our solutions are IEM. So we offer IEM on AppSource. It's a complete end-to-end uh, -end solution on AppSource that we offer. Um, it's been listed on there. Um, uh, we have a lot of good information on uh, the different funct functionality points for with our solution. We have brochures on there. Um, and now, not only that, we have a few other apps from, on the Business Central side as well. So to increase on the Business Central side is really known for their, their food solution. So we have full end-to-end -end food solution, a, a vertical, and we have uh, the IEM solution, which is a full end-to-end -end vertical that we offer. And within that, I kind of briefly touched on jobs, but we have quality management, engineering change management, which are also kind of pieces that are always missing in Business Central, mm -hmm. right? And we saw that there, there, there's, a, there's a nice, um, uh, you know, positive customer feedback to provide those solutions back to the market. Sure. Yeah. And are you, you know, everyone seems to be going to the subscription 
yep. pricing model these days. Yep. Yep. So is that yep. true for two and three also? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We, we also are a purely subscription based uh, uh, model for all m almost all of our solutions now. Yeah. So on uh, the business central side. Yeah, it seems like I think I think even Microsoft still offers uh, the ability to purchase yep. if you run on premise. Correct. Uh, licenses, but yep. um, I think you know everyone, especially twenty twenty, uh, we've seen like a huge move towards yep. the subscription. There yep. was maybe even in twenty nineteen, yep. still hesitancy amongst a lot of people of moving to that route right. and would prefer to look you know get the yep. a license. Yep. Yeah. We we've had I've, uh, just recently actually had some conversations with some with some with some customers that Microsoft offered the perpetual licensing so uh, you know we had to work with them <laughs> accordingly so right. uh, we understand how that works yeah so yeah. that that's uh, yeah. you know we understand but we do mainly do subscription subscription you know we try to push that's how it works uh, Ken do you want to get into uh, app source and the licensing and and, you, and all that good are, stuff are you looking what? forward you're looking I'm looking forward I've been waiting for it I've been waiting for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's up to you if you want to talk about it. <laughs> well, yeah. no, we um, in terms of app source, I, I will just share. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to drag Nirav into this yeah. uh, too much. Yeah. But you know, the the from my perspective, one of the difficulties um, that that we've we've had feedback on it, and and I would say I, I'm in agreement with it, is that there's uh, you know when you go on to app source, and you're looking for a solution. Uh, there's there certain apps offer free trials mm -hmm. where you can install it in your environment and get a free trial. Some of them uh, don't offer a free trial and they say you but you can contact them mm -hmm. uh, for more information. Mm -hmm. um, but the but the the pricing I think what brought this up in your you know yep. to you is the, the how do you price it? Yep. And and the the reality is is that different uh, different companies price their apps differently. Some are per user, some are per module, some are per transaction, mm -hmm. and there's no universal standard mm -hmm. yeah. uh, within Business Central mm -hmm. at, or, or at Microsoft or on AppSource right. yeah. of, 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 of how, how you're doing that. And my, yeah. you know, I, if I can you know, uh, hard to get on up. my soapbox for a minute, you know, <laughs> there, there, you know, there's no standard provided by Microsoft right. to say, hey, here's how you here are the options for yeah. how you should price your right. app. Right. You have to pick one of these, yeah. and then we'll handle the the transaction yeah. of that license and the yeah. payment process yeah. for you. Yeah. So from our perspective as a business central partner, uh, right, that's been um, an issue. It's like how do we we can launch apps up on App Source, right? Yeah. But how do we monetize that? How do we charge people for it? Right. And and right now every partner. Is responsible for building their own licensing and payment processing right. platform yeah. Yeah. for their apps, yeah. which which has kind of made it difficult for people. So I don't I don't know if you can sh if there's anything you want to share. Yeah, no, you're you're, you're right. It's a challenge. It's a, it's definitely a challenge a lot of ISVs face right now. It's basically self policing, right? It's peer to peer policing, basically. You know, from an ISV standpoint, is you know, are we following best Practices are we right. are we are we doing you know uh, what's best for the customer and best for the industry right and um, you know I think a lot of people in the same space is to increase we're still trying to learn and and, and make sure that we're, we're following the best guidelines for Microsoft and at the same time we're providing you know our pricing our our product that 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 equates to the value it's providing to the customer right at the right. same time so definitely challenges there but yep. you know 
what we're able to do from a tuning degree standpoint is our, our app, our IEM app that's on Business Central is part of the embed program. So it's a, it's a unique program from a standpoint and really to that customer, it really is no difference from, you know, you get a BC environment from, the, from, from a SaaS environment, right, from, a, from cloud. But what this means is that we could control kind of, you know, a mixture of licenses basically from our standpoint. Okay. So we could say if you're going to have, right, X number of users that are using, that don't need manufacturing, but you need X number of users that do need manufacturing, we could kind of configure uh, a unique pricing model for this customer because we're on an embed, because uh, of our, the, the platform that we're on with Microsoft. We're one of the strategic partners with Microsoft from an ISV standpoint. So you know, from that side, we've been lucky that uh, we're able to work with customers closely to provide the right pricing that makes the most sense, not saying you know, a blanket statement saying, you know, just because you want to use our app, every user has to be charged X amount. Right, we know that's not the right model, uh, especially in an app like ours, because it touches so many different places in the solution. You know, Jobs is a, is, is 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 a pretty robust, in-depth solution, Business Central. So we understand that, and um, you know, from our perspective, you know, we're, we're you know we've we've kind of come up with a model uh, where we could satisfy you know the the customer requirement from you know what their customer actually needs. Uh, but I, it's, it's a challenge from an other ISV perspective that, you know, is yet to be solved right now. That, you know, we, we hear it all the time, right? We uh, have some products, our, our quality management and engineering change management. You know, we know that, you know, how do you police that, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you, from a, a user, a customer license perspective. So that, all that stuff will be worked out and, you know, we're working on that constantly day in and day out. But, you know, um, we, 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 it, it, we feel the growing pains <laughs> right right now. Yep. And I think the key thing is that, that and, and I'll, I'll put it this way, I think it's important for, for us partners to continue to put that pressure on Microsoft to yep. make sure that there is a clear path forward yep. right. for everyone, yep. not, not just for our sake, but for the end user's sake, right? right. You want it to be simple mm-hmm. and transparent. Yeah. Um, so whatever we can do, I think, to get to, get to that point where it's easy for people to understand yeah. uh, what's available yeah. and then to actually execute it and, and get that solution deployed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. that's ultimately I think everyone's goal. Yeah, absolutely. I know Mike Morton's a new GM pretty much of Business Central. I know uh, he, he's heard about this a few times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you probably as a so we're we're uh, right we I mean we help companies implement Solutions. You guys yeah. are more developing some right. of these solutions, right. so you probably have more direct yeah. line of communication yeah. and, and uh, access to the Microsoft, you know, development team than, than we can. Yeah. So I yeah. won't, I won't, I won't ask you to <laughs> share anything more than we yeah. sure. Right, right. But, uh, at least on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone another drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that brings me to my next question then, which you you kind of answered it, I guess, but. Is pricing something that you can you know give our listeners now, or would you prefer yeah. they work with their? Yeah, like I said, I think uh, you know we, you know we're unique in, in a standpoint that we have a full end-to-end vertical solution with Microsoft considers. It's not, it's not just a, you know a, a, a solution you just you know add on. It really does you know satisfy the need for a true make-to-order job right. shop. You know. Uh, 
um, custom made to order environment type of customer. So you know, with with that, you know, we could we could work with the customer closely to enable to to bring pricing that's gonna that that pricing itself will add a, a lot of value, right? We want to add more value than you know what actually the customer is paying, and we've kind of figured out what that model is, and we work with every customer to understand what each user is doing effectively in the system. Yeah. So um, we could we could so it's you kind know, of like an all in price yeah. per user yeah. to say okay, Correct. here's what you guys need, here's Correct. what you do. Yeah. Here for for Business Central plus all of our correct our add-on yep. value and, yes. and IP correct yeah intellectual property yep yeah uh, here here's kind of that all-in price right per exactly. user or however you exactly yeah so yeah we could we could we have some, we 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 have some leeway there and ultimately who benefits here in this um, engage type of engagement is is the customer right. Uh, here because yeah. you know, they're, they're, it's not you know it's right off the shelf type of exactly, pricing that, yeah. that they would get. Yeah. Right. Anything for them? No. Any, anything else uh, that you you wanted to? Uh, well, maybe you could tell us where we can after. find out more information about two increase. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, two increase. To, uh, we have two dash increase dot com. Uh, a lot of information there. Um, yeah. I'm located out of Chicago, close to uh, the podcast folks here, Solution Systems. So um, you know, would definitely uh, you know could reach out to me at Narav Dacha at two increase dot com. Uh, I'm sure my email will be on on the, we'll on put the, on the show notes. Um, yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, you know, Let's um, wrap it up. I got two uh, rapid fire questions yeah. here. We'll wrap oh, it up oh, here. Oh, so oh. you're sitting here talking to two Bears fans. All right. <laughs> oh, middle, God. It's uh, middle of foot, middle yeah. of uh, football. season You did see the here. last game though, right? So I just be careful. <laughs> it's a winning season. Yeah. yeah. So I know, but I'm in the middle of an important question. <laughs> Please don't interrupt me. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't hear you. Um, so yeah, so uh, are you a Bears fan or do you root for another team? Yeah, no, yeah. So I'm not a Bears fan. I'm a okay. Cowboy fan. So Cowboy, uh, Cowboy, Cowboy fan. Yeah, and I wouldn't fan. say they're any better either. Um, I say that any, with, my, my, with the pillow on my head right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you break out the bag. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> right. So, I mean, what, but that going down was just—I was just hurt that day. I was—I was really hurt. I think I was yeah. crying for like two days. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't helping. <laughs> so, so chop that up. So we got two, two, uh, two guest podcast, two guests yeah. here, uh, cowboy fans. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to pre-vet them before we invite anyone else on here again. Make sure yeah. they're not cowboys fans. Uh, before they come on again, yeah. they need to use Power BI. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, and then I, I think I know the answer to this question already, yep. but I got to ask this anyway. So you're, you know, you you have, uh, you you've been, you find out that you have an allergy to alcohol, uh-huh. but you find out that there's one drink mm-hmm. that you can still drink without any effects mm-hmm. of that of that allergy. Uh-huh. What's that drink? What what are you gonna be drinking? It'd be this bourbon, right there. Yeah. I knew it. It would be this bourbon. Oh, that was easy. Man. Yeah, that was an easy one. Yeah, he likes it. Yeah, this yeah. yeah, this bourbon specifically, or or you're open to really any high. No, any actually, this bourbon. one. This one yeah. right here. This is the one I could afford. Best <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. for the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you ever go into that locked room at Benny's yeah. where you got oh, yeah. special access into there? Yeah, I haven't had, had your special own access yet, but I've seen it from outside. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming out and uh, and joining us. It's been yeah. fun and uh, we yeah, enjoyed we the bourbon. It. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, thank you for having it. me. Appreciate it. All right. Well, next up, we've got uh, we're going to deep dive into the integration between Microsoft Teams and Business Central. So, thanks again, Rav. Thank and, you. Uh,
you'll be sticking around. Yep. Cheers. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Back for the featured segment, which is one of the uh, one of my favorite features, and I guess, well, one of the features I've looked forward to the most, and that is the integration with Microsoft Teams and Business Central. Um, Narav, do you use Microsoft Teams? Absolutely. Do you yep. like it, it? I do like it. I, I like the newer versions of Teams. Yeah. It's a lot more intuitive, you know, integrating our, our, our networks, and it makes it much easier to get files. And, um, it's, it's definitely more a collaborative type of environment, it feels like now. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. I like it. Works flawlessly and everything. Yeah. yeah. So now, though, they have an integration with Business Central, and the integration to actually acquire it is, is pretty simple. Uh, installation can be had in basically five steps. Um, it's really simple. There's nothing, nothing really too bad. The only issues I had with installing it is sometimes when you have to paste the link in the in the Teams, the Business Central link in the Teams, I had to paste it maybe three to five times. The, the other issue I know you experienced it too was I was not able to log out of a demo environment mm -hmm. of Microsoft Teams. I uninstalled the app. I tried logging out. Mm -hmm. Everything. It never happened. Yeah, I think most users probably aren't going to deal with that, right? Because they they only have their one account, yeah. you right. know. So they log in as the, their their whoever they are, right? Mm -hmm. We we kind of have multiple personas or accounts and yep. things here, yeah. so we have to kind of switch and and deal with those types of issues or incognito right. sessions or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I think most users wouldn't run into that. So so how does it work in it like? In a nutshell, Joe User sitting there. How how would he work? How would he use the Teams integration? What would he do? So do? he just downloads the app, uh, puts his credentials in, his or her put their credentials in. They copy the link from their Business Central web client, and only works with the web client. Yep. Paste it into Teams. Let's say your 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 the link is from the contact card. You paste it into Teams, and Teams basically uh, provides you with a way to work collaboratively within Teams without leaving it. And you can you can change the item, uh, you know you can see all the information stuff like that. Now I tried a bunch of different pages that that worked, like the general journals page worked, GL account card worked, GL account categories, cash flow, account schedule, sales quotes, yada yada yada, purchase orders. So let's say I'm Ken, the salesperson. I'm I'm a Business Central user maybe, um, and I I also have Teams, and so I I, I go into Teams. Within Teams, I, I, I can go install the Business Central yeah. app yep. into Teams. And then I, then I go into Business Central, and let's say I work with a customer called the Canon Group all the time. Mm -hmm. So I would go to their customer card. <clears throat> right. Copy, copy the, the link URL. The URL. Or the URL right. Paste it into a Teams, teams conversation. Into chat, yep. Or chat. And it brings up uh, a little... Uh, the page, page right? I guess, yeah. Of, of that customer card. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now it works with all Business Central cards, I guess. Business page cards, whatever they call okay. them. Okay. Card pages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I saw in Microsoft, uh, on Microsoft, on the page that they showed, they showed uh, uh, an example of like pulling up an item record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could, see, you could see a picture of the item and the item description and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So you, you say you can do it actually with any card. Yep, that's what they said. Mm -hmm. And every one I tried, yep. it, it, it worked. So mm -hmm. Now, I've noticed, too, in the past week or two since I've installed it, they've actually been able to add some more features and, and things like that. So, for instance, uh, 
I took a sale, let's take the sales call for an example. You can make changes on the page, you can create a new entry, you can delete information, you can make it convert it into an order, uh, you can convert it into a sales invoice, wow. copy documents, statistics. I mean, there is a whole list of things that you can actually do inside of Teams now for Business wow. Central. It almost sounds like, like almost anything you can do on that page within Business Central, right. you can now do on that page within Teams. Yep. Seems like everything, that, yeah. Probably should follow your license. Uh, essentials, premium, and teams. Yeah. License yeah. model, so probably whoever has teams, but we can't write. Right. I think into that record. Except exactly. quotes. It's quotes. All, <laughs> right, yeah, except quotes, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. I actually think this feature is gonna have more functionality than yeah. the Outlook mm -hmm. uh, integration with Business Central. That's a good point. Unless they're gonna expand yeah. upon that as well, which I haven't heard too much about about that any new features with, with that but. I, yeah no and, and yeah. you might be right it's like you know people um you know up until now at least you know they always say well i spend most of my time in outlook mm -hmm. they're in outlook right so that's why it's important you can hit that contact insights button yep. mm -hmm. and, and and pull up that customer or vendor mm -hmm. or contacts information right within outlook i think you're onto something though maybe yeah. In the future, people might spend most of their time in Teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what Microsoft's going towards. Yeah, yeah and, and maybe maybe within Teams you can see your email. Yeah, and you so go. now you've got everything. Now you got everything in there. So yeah. it goes back to the whole Microsoft One premise that they talked about a couple of years ago. Yeah. So maybe Teams will be the end all be all, where I you don't, don't even jump out of anything. Yeah. You never jump out of it. But yeah, so in my notes, I've got. Uh, you're able to see list pages and card type pages from Business Central inside of Microsoft Teams. Wow, nice. So, nice. Definitely a great feature. Yep. Uh, and I think Ken mentioned that it'll be available in December. You can even, like, so if you have a quote, if you're looking at a quote in Teams, uh, you can print yep. and, or send that quote yep. to a customer. Yep. Uh -huh. It's basically full functionality. Were you able to get it? Uh, connected or integrated, whatever you want to call it? I, I, I tried. No, I was having a problem with my authentication. I have mm -hmm. multiple accounts, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it looked like it kept getting, it kept trying to log me into one account, which was right. different than the one I was uh, yeah. testing with. I would assume that's just like a little glitch yeah. from Microsoft right now. That, that Teams is pretty cool because from our, to increase advanced job standpoint, we could send summary budgets of, of jobs directly through Teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To, to people. Right, so that we've we've seen a positive use. Yeah, here's a link to exactly. this page. Yep, right. Yep. Here's a budget. Yeah. Here's the open orders on the against the job, I, and see the full view of yeah. that project. I love Teams. I mean, the, the tabs you can add. Yeah, I even integrated mine with Power BI. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. pretty cool. I yeah. mean, I've got Excel spreadsheets in there, Word oh, yeah. Word tabs. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I like it. And what I like about it is too is when you update it on the Word. Like let's say you have a Word tab and you update, I would say Excel, or use Excel. Yeah. and you update a line on Excel, it automatically updates the file that's saved on your computer as long yeah. as it hasn't been moved. Yeah, and Power BI. Really cool. I mean, it's a great use in tools and, and, and Teams. Yeah. You know, throw a Power BI reporting Teams, I mean, yeah. it works well. Yeah, the, 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 the line between all these Microsoft products is getting blurrier yeah. and blurrier, right? Yeah. Between Business Central, Outlook, Power BI, and yep. Teams. Right, mm -hmm. where you're, uh, where you're at, or looking yeah. at the data. Mm -hmm. right? It's different for different users yep. and within different companies, but mm -hmm. but certainly that there's a lot of options yep. of how the users can yep. 
interact consume with them. Or yeah. interact with consume the data. data exactly and, yeah. and it increases your productive productivity if you're yeah. not hopping in and out of programs you know you can do a lot more stuff and, and, and be a lot more productive by just staying in one especially in this remote world exactly that we live in now yeah. you know it's a great idea so all right with that then that is the uh featured segment so I guess we're going to wrap it we're up. We're going to wrap it up. We need to rate the beer. I think oh, we're going to rate the beer. Yeah, yeah, we got to rate the beer. Oh, Are we going to rate the bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let you rate the, rate the bourbon first. 100. <laughs> you got to leave a little bit of room. Yeah, I got to leave a little bit of room. I'm going to yeah. go 97 because yeah, I, you yeah. got, to his point, you yeah. always have to leave a little bit you of have room. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, I, would, I would say 98 because but it, really it was delicious. Thank you. Yeah, and, uh, it was good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to go with like a 95 for it. All right, cool. Definitely yeah. good. Yeah. Now into the beer. Yeah. Did anybody get any horse blanket from it? <laughs> Not as much as the last, as the Dynamo, no. But a little bit, yeah. So... To me, it's a, it's, a, it's a light Oktoberfest type of beer. Not as strong mm. as some of the other ones. The rating, I like it. Um, I'm going to probably go with a solid 88. Uh, once again, depending on when you drink it and where you drink it. If it's yeah. a hot summer day, yeah. my rating would probably be lower. Uh, yeah. But being yeah. October and cold outside, I'm going to go with a solid 88. Yeah. What about you guys? What about you? I'm going to admit, I, I don't remember exactly what I gave the, the, the copper lager that we had last month. Um, the Dynamo. Probably. I would. I'm. I, I would. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just also. But I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna go two points higher than I gave the Dynamo Copper Lager. Right. I mean, because I, I think it's similar okay. to that. Yeah. But I enjoyed this more. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I, I don't want to contradict myself. <laughs> and, yeah. and say this was better, but then I gave it a worse score because I don't remember what I said last night <laughs> yeah. because I was drinking beer the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? So, so yeah, from just an Oktoberfest, right? Just rating an Oktoberfest, right? I would say this is one of the better ones, right? That that I've had. But just rating beers in general, right? Uh, if we're rating just Oktoberfest, I would say this would be for me. This would be ninety because it's it's nice and light. I could right. drink it, uh, not too heavy. I can have a couple and still enjoy myself, um, and it tastes really good. But from an over overall beer standpoint, if I'm rating all beers right that I've drinking, I'd I probably say this would just probably go down to like 85, uh, exactly. from my standpoint. Yeah, because yeah, um, me personally, you know, it, it gets it, it gets a little, it gets a little uh, uh, biscuity. Yeah, biscuity a little bit like. <laughs> Like a fat tire, yes. <laughs> like a fat tire towards the end. There you go. So and I'm, you know, I'm not. That one's called fat tire, flat tire, flat tire. <laughs> yeah, it's one of our greatest hits. Oh yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, eighty-five overall. Uh, you know, I'd say I'd say nice. ninety from an October festival. You find it ironic the Cowboys fan chose nineteen or eighty-five as as a rating, which was the Bears' best. Oh, get out of here, <laughs> Bears! Get out of here. <laughs> All right, then. We will see or we will talk to everybody next month. So, once again, thanks to Rob. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys. It's been a blast. Yep.